you count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Yes, I will lift you Sing about something called love this morning. Anybody need love? <laughs> All right, let's go. Two. Stand on up. It don't. Have 
gonna pay your bill Won't buy you a home in Beverly Hills Won't fix your life In five easy steps Ain't the love the land Or the government But it's all you To weather the storm And now Be my brother's keeper So the whole world will know That we're not alone It's waiting for you Knocking at your door In the moment of truth when your heart hits the floor And you're on your knees And love will hold us together Make us a shelter to weather the storm And I'll be my brother's keeper So the whole world It's gonna be alright, gonna be alright This is the first day of the rest of your life This is the first day of the rest of your life Cause even in the dark you can still see the light It's gonna be alright, it's gonna be alright And love will hold us together make us a shelter to weather the storm and now be my brother's keeper so the whole world will know that we're not Free from thirst For lower things Frivolous thrills Wrench my soul Flood my soul Whelming bound 
abundantly filled with passionate fire, flood my soul. Keep my days. Keep my days for your glory. Secure my heart for your ways. Oh, oh, oh. I cling to you, oh, Lord of all, strong deliverer. Oh, my life is yours. Oh, 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 oh. So Display your radiant love, stir my soul. Keep my days, keep my days for your glory. Secure my heart for your way. Surrender 
right, you better be ready now. I will love you, Lord, always, not just for the things you've done for me. And I will praise you all my days, not just for the change you've made in me. But I praise you for you, our holy Lord. And I lift my hands for you, who are worthy of so much more. For you are awesome, God of the nations, light of Judah, rock of the ages, Alpha Omega. You're worthy of all praise, more than these hands I'll raise. I'll live a life of praise. I'll live a life of You are my strength when I am weak, and I will never be afraid. For you are my rock, and you protect me. But I'll praise you for you are holy, Lord. And I lift my hands for you are worthy of so much more. A lot of words. A lot of words there. All right. So. All right, everybody. Let's just continue to worship God as now we receive God's tithe and our offering. We give you praise, Lord, for all that you're uh, doing in our lives, for the things that we can't even see, for the people that you placed in our lives. Lord, for this, the moments that we're experiencing that just seem to uh, where you're just so far away. Uh, God, you're not, um, and we need you in many different ways. Um, and so, Father, right now, we just ask that your Holy Spirit just fill our lives, just fill our, uh, our minds. Uh, God, where there's, where there's loss, fill the void. Um, God, where there's hurt, 
just um, heal our hearts. God, we're, um, we just have no direction. Just give us clarity. Um, you are such an incredible God. And we can sing everything that we want to sing. We can sing amazing grace. We can sing life of praise. We can sing whatever else. But God, until we recognize that you are are so faithful to us until we internalize that, until we put it in, in that just small gap, that uh, 18 inches of from our head to our hearts. God, we just will, will never be changed. And so, Lord, just speak to us. We thank you for the many blessings, the greatest blessing of your son, Jesus Christ. And, and God, as we continue to worship today, and I know many of us just have so much that is on our plate and so much that is on our mind. Um, may we just focus on you. Just set everything aside and focus on you um, and your faithfulness. Send your blessing upon these gifts from the giver and the tither. Multiply them and use them to further your kingdom. God, not, not ours, but yours here and around the world. In Christ's name we pray.
worship the Lord as we just sing that, that, that chorus one more time. Great is your faithfulness. Sing it in. Great is your faithfulness. Oh, how great is your faithfulness. faithfulness last forever and we just uh, ask that we can return some of that faithfulness to you in all of our lives in christ's name we pray amen all right at this time everybody our, our haven kids they can go to our haven kids um sunday school everybody else greet everybody and say hello through 25. So let's do it, full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Thanks, Wes. <laughs> hey, somebody liked it? You liked it? All right, that's good. Here we go. All right, everybody, let's take a look here. Um, we're going to look at some of our prayer requests today. Um, we, have, um, we have several of those, so let's go ahead and get, uh, get rolling here. Um, a prayer for, um, uh, for Bob Litton. Littenberg, he asked uh, for prayer for his son-in-law, Phil Hieronymus, um, is being treated at Anderson Cooper for cancer of the brain, lungs, and kidney. So please lift that family in your prayers as well. Uh, Phyllis Davis asked for prayers um, for her son, Richard, heart issues, and he's a pilot with Southwest, so he need, he's grounded until then. Um, Jen Legullo asked for a praise. Um, 
Is that about oh, two of them? Okay, I thought it was times two. That works too. Um, for the awesome youth rally weekend, and it is hers and Jim's 26th wedding anniversary. So we go. All right. Um, so good job. Um, uh, and this is Jen also asked a prayer for someone named China. Um, so we want a, um, an unspoken request. Joanna Shea asked for uh, prayers for Jamie Hudson and family. Lost both grandfathers on the same day this week. So um, lift her up in prayers as well. Um, also, Allison's mom, Jean, is in the hospital. Prayer for healing. Um, Kathy and Kate Sullivan asked for prayers for Michael Sullivan, who's in the hospital in Texas. That's Kathy's father-in-law, correct? And so we want to lift him in your prayers as well. And Lisa has a praise um, for her, uh, her daughter Holly got married on Friday. Um, Lisa Osborne, so we lift her in prayers. We also want to um, lift up the Castillo family in their prayers as Carolyn passed away, and I know uh, some of them are here, and we will celebrate her life at a graveside on 3.30 on Friday. And so um, she's a sweet lady and fought awful hard, didn't she? She, uh, she rewrote the book on... Um, and when people say that you have time. So she was a sweet, sweet lady. And we know that she is rejoicing in heaven today. And um, heaven's gain is our loss, right? All right, so let's go to the Lord in prayer if we can today. God, we know that you're, there are many needs, many um, requests, many things that we, we seek to, uh, to find the answers to. And God, um, first of all, we just want to start with praising, thanking you and praising you for who you are. Uh, we want to give you thanksgiving for um, youth rallies, for anniversaries, for weddings, for birthdays, for those things, that, those uh, high moments in life that we celebrate where you are very real and very personable and, very, and just a, a time to go ahead and have, have joy. And God, in the midst of that, we have tragedy and we have need and we have struggle. And one of those is, um, is in those that have passed on, those that we love, mothers and grandmothers and fathers and and uncles and aunts, all those roles that they fill, brothers, sisters. God, we know that, um, that there is a huge loss for so many of us. And it makes, uh, as I've said so many times, that our, um, when the times of death come, they're woven so strangely, both purpose and chance, and about the reason and rational. And so, God, whatever it is, there is loss, and we know that you will bring healing and restoration to those families. For those who are, who are facing uh, struggles with health and other kinds of things, God, facing bad diagnoses and, and all kinds of things, sometimes, God, we just wonder what's going to happen next. And for many of us right now who had hoped that 2020 um, might be a little bit different, we get the reality that each and every day has its own trouble. Um, and so, God, we're going to praise you in the midst of the storm and, and praise that you will get us through all these things. And so, God... With these and all other uh, concerns and needs and joys and uh, cares, God, we come to you right now and we ask for your uh, presence to minister to us exactly what you would have for us to, to hear and to know, but mostly, God, that let us just have confidence that you are here. For that, we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, everyone, we have some, um, a couple things. It's good to be here. I hope you all uh, had a good week or survived this week. Um, there's a couple things that I, I do... Uh, I uh, want you to see. We um, number one, I want to welcome any visitors. If you're here, relax, enjoy, um, just connect and um, and listen to what God has for you. Again, the youth rally update. There's some really uh, awesome stuff in there about the youth. They had a great time, and some of the uh, chaperones feel a lot more youthful or either a lot older. Am I right? So um, one one or the other. But that was it was a 
great to do that. Um, there also is a couple things. Uh, you know, we celebrate communion at least once a month. And on February 2nd, there will be a small communion training. If you would like to help out with that, we would love to have you go ahead and participate in that. Um, you can see uh, there on the 26th of this month at 8.30, um, the women are going to be getting a new uh, Bible study on that, also check in on our um, Tuesday evenings. We have men and women's groups. would love to have many more people be part of that, and more than merrier, and it's a great thing to do and to connect and have everybody present for those things. Um, one of the other things that um, many people have been asking me, due to a lot of the loss and a lot of situations of people losing loved ones, uh, passing on, um, and for people going through all kinds of other things, such as divorce and, and um, just all kinds of things. What, there's grief in a lot of different things. And so the 27th of January will be our first um, kickstart, right, for Grief Share. Um, if you're interested in that, you have the information that is in there at griefshare at havencc.org if you want more information. Just go ahead and email there. They will get back to you. And, um, and we've, it, it, those, many in this church have experienced a lot, of, a lot of grief over the last several months and years. And so we want to go ahead and have that. It's a great avenue to come together, and it fits perfectly with what we're talking about today about being together, all right? And then you can just read some other informations, uh, information about uh, Women's Conference and other things. Now, um, two other things. We are in the midst of our, uh, our 14 days of prayer and fasting. Hopefully it's going well for you. And one of the things, um, th- yesterday uh, the weather decided that it was going to do something. I'm still not sure what it totally did. It snowed. It it iced, it rained, it did something. I don't know. Uh, but um, So we weren't able to have it yesterday. But this Wednesday, it's coming Wednesday at 6.30, and I'm going to ask, it, I, I don't know whether Liz is out there, but before the end of the service, um, we're going to hand these out to you. Um, everybody can get one. And what we want you to do, these are not for the, um, for the regular church service. These are um, for our prayer service. And so what we do, and we've done this before, you just fill this out, um, and it has your name, your email. Um, that's just so that we can check up. If not, you don't want it there, that's fine. Um, but basically your prayer request, we want you to put down a prayer request and um, people will pray specifically over those and this Wednesday and this uh, Saturday as we have those two more prayer meetings at 630 uh, on, on Wednesday and also nine o'clock uh, God willing, in the creek don't rise, uh, or snow doesn't rise, on Saturday, all right? So so please go ahead, fill those out. We'd love for you to do this. We're not going to hunt you down and be like, oh, what are you doing? We just want to um, be able to pray with you and be together with you, okay? So you'll receive these before the service is over, okay? Um, and then the last thing, I want to give you an introduction to our next series, because this is the last week of our series. It's time to. Next week, we are going to begin a new series, which is kind of based off an old series, but we're going to talk about, I'm going to let you take a look and then we'll talk about it real briefly. Could you show the video, Melinda?
several years ago, believe it or not. Last time we did this series, Running with the Big Dogs, was three years ago, believe that or not. That's how time flies. But what basically what it is, is a lot of times, I don't know about you, but when I look in the, in the Bible, I see these stained glass people and I go, oh my gosh, really, how can I connect to them? But there's a lot of things, as that scripture says, we are surrounded by a great uh, crowd of witnesses, that there's people that are cheering us on. Isn't that nice to know that you've got people like uh, Elijah and um, Isaiah, and they're going, come on, Jack, you got this. You got this race called life. And so we're going to go ahead, we're going to kickstart that series again next week with some different people, because the Bible's full of a lot of people. Some of them have problems. Doesn't that make you feel good that some of them have problems? And so um, those big dogs, we're going to learn how to run with them a little bit. And I, I was, I, what got me uh, thinking about this again. We have two dogs, and we have a, an Australian shepherd, and she's a little bit older, a little bit more rounder, all right? And then we have this uh, year-old um, border collie, and she's a little bit more wiry, a little more into stuff, and she drives the other one crazy when they're running around. And I'll say, get them to, to baby, and she'll start, <laughs> and she barks most of the time, but she's like panting. <laughs> and some of you may feel like you're just kind of panting when you're trying to keep up in this thing called faith and this thing called life. So we're going to go ahead, kickstart that. So be here next week. We're going to kick off the series, Running with the Big Dogs. Okay, sound good? All right, so in between that time, now we are going to go ahead, we're going to wrap up our series called It's Time To, which has been kind of a connector from, hey, here's this new time to kind of redo stuff, to relook at stuff, to relook at our lives, and to kind of go ahead in this new year, which now seems like an old year now, correct? Um, everybody's used to writing 20 on your checks and stuff, um, rather than 19, and uh and so, uh, new year, new decade, so those are the kind of things that we're going to do. I'm going to jump right in with our scripture lesson, um, which has been the theme from Matthew 3, chapter 2, and Jesus begins with this big word, and this big word, everybody read that first word with me, says what? Repent. Now, now, when you hear that word, repent, if you're from a, uh, a background or you've heard that or you think of a street preacher or you think of somebody with a really long finger pointing at you, it meant you did something bad. But that's not really what it means. We've had so many years of people, repent, you sinner, repent, 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 repent. And we've gotten to this point where we kind of get afraid of that word. But Jesus was giving us something different here where he said, repent, it just means to change your mind and change your direction. And so what a better time to do that than this new year, new decade. And why do we change that? For the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. That some of the things that we need to change is that we may need a new king. That we may be, have been the king or the ruler of our lives and we kind of get off a little bit. And it's probably not the best thing in our lives that we're, we're off. And so we need a new king. And there's only one. His name is, is Jesus. And as I just prayed about and as I felt, some of us feel like it's so far off. We feel like we're here and God's way, way far removed. But Jesus said, hey, repent, change your mind so that you can change the direction and, that, and change the ruler of your life. Make him the king of your life because it's right here and it's right close. And that's what we've been spending a lot of time talking about. Uh, and, you know, this week, Haven turned 12. Okay, we're 12. We're getting close. We're that preteen. Um, so we're entering our 13th year, um, and so we're going to be a little bit adolescent, I guess, this year. We'll figure those growing pains out even all the more. But um, just kind of amazing to look back at the number of those years. And what I believe is that in, in each every in each of our own lives and also in our own ministry, that it's kind of like I was saying that very first week, that very first week when I was talking about um, where you're at the stop 
light and somebody's ahead of you and the light turns green and you're like, and you see him doing this. And some of you may go, you know, and yell out the window. When other of us, you just do that little beep, beep. Right? Some of you, but we all want to just lay on that horn, don't we? And so what we've been trying to do in this series is just give a little honk honk to get us moving in a direction a little bit at that, at that area. Okay, everybody good? All right, so let's look. In Jeremiah chapter uh, 29, verses 11 through 13, it says, For I know the plans I have for you. We talked about this last week. Declares the Lord. And here, so God has plans for you. Look at the person next to you Say, God's got a plan for you. Look at your second choice and say, God's got a plan for you too. All right, there we go. All right, so God has a plan for you, and that's pretty awesome, that the, the ruler, the creator of the universe has a plan for you in your life. And he says, and here's the promise of that plan. The promise, of the promise of that plan is this, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And those are some really awesome things. We all need, how many of you all need some hope and a future? How many need some good plans in your life that won't harm you? Okay, good. So here we go. But it continues. And then it says this. Then, and then then is a big then because he was writing to Israel who was captive. And as he's sharing this, Israel was going to be captive for another 70 some years. So he's speaking to them, and they're saying, they're crying out. They're looking for something. Their situation's not good. And he says, hey, here's my plans for that hope and for that future. So you might right now maybe going through some sort of kind of something, and you've been crying out to God, and you're, you're claiming that God has a plan for your life, a plan not to harm you, a plan to give you hope and a future, and you're waiting, you're waiting. And, and I'm going to tell you, you ain't going to wait 70 years, thank, thankfully. But it says, and then you will call on me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. And when you seek me with your whole heart, that's when that plan comes together, when we seek him with his whole heart. So here we are. We're all at that that stoplight. It's turned green. BP. All right? So that's where we are, that plan to turn our whole heart to him. So we are at a starting point, and this is God's promise, that when we turn to him, when we seek him, that plan comes together. We're at a starting point, and, you, and I'm going to tell you, one of the things about Christianity, a lot of us give the illustration of a marathon, and I get it. You know, we hear about all runners running a race, but I'm here to tell you that it's more of a relay race, that we run together through this whole kind of thing called life. Christianity is a together thing. I wrote that in there, not, it's not a mistake, but it's together, thang. We are supposed to do life together. It is a group project. How many of you in school hate group projects? Raise your hand. Okay, there are the intelligent people in the class, uh, in, in the, the congregation today, because anybody who doesn't, who does like group projects, likes them because you can lean on the smart people who hate them. Uh, anybody, am I right? There we go, right, Pete? He says that. So you can say, oh, group project. And they do all the work, and you're like, hey, 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 okay? Um, but that's one of the things that we have. But God designed it that way that we would be together. Whether we like that or not, God put us together for a reason. It's like the Sunday school teacher who one time was teaching the children about creation. And as she was talking to them about creation, she said, now children, who can tell us what makes a flower spring from the seed? 
and they thought, and they looked around, and a little girl said, God does. And they said, very good. She goes, oh, but a little fertilizer also helps. And so if you look at people and groups and together, God causes us to grow, but nothing like a little fertilizer from other people. You can take that wherever you want to go with that, all right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about how all through Scripture, God talks and puts people together. Jesus put people together. Um, the early church put people together, and they never left anybody alone. But let's look at this verse from Hebrews chapter 10. Verses 23 through 25. And it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope. What is that hope? That hope that God gives us in the future. That hope we profess. For he who, who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may do what? Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up on the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Look at, look at that. Look at, there's a lot packed in that scripture, right? There's a lot. It says we hold on to the hope, the hope of the promise that Jesus talked about before, that God talked about before, that we can have in a future not to harm you, one to give you hope and a, and a future and a, and a purpose. So we want to hold on to that. But how do we get there? A lot of times we get there by spurring one another on. See how this works, okay? God gives the promise. He, he, he saves us. Then he groups us together so we can spur one another on so that we can encourage one another in what? In love and good deeds so that we can go ahead and do this, right? I can tell you all are really thrilled about this message so far. All right, so here's the thing. We need to be together, and the part of that is the two things that you have there, love and good deeds that we spur one another on to. We don't give up on meeting together. That has a whole lot to it. That means if somebody in aisle number one doesn't like somebody in aisle number 20, you don't stop getting together. That has a, a belief in there that you get over your mess. Okay? Uh-huh. Yeah, we like this one. Okay. Um, and then spurs on to love and good deeds. Because you can't do good deeds if you don't love. Uh-huh. All right. So, um, and then we need to encourage one another, which I ain't getting much of today. Um, but we need to encourage one another. That's better. Okay. We need to encourage one another because we need each other because this is how God created it all. In other words... This is, we need to be unified in Christ. Now, the bottom line is this. We need each other. To accomplish God's purpose for our life and our calling on the world, we need each other. Yes, we need everybody. And so what I'm going to do is I want to just share with you this together thing a little bit and about what God says, and then we're going to look at somebody's life to kind of, that we're going to actually talk about in the big dogs. Um, one of my favorite people from Scripture, and uh, we'll carry on from there, okay? So the first thing is, together is God's plan. Together is God's plan. Alone is never the best plan. Whether you are alone in your life and relationship, whether you are alone in your stuff, in your temptations, whatever, alone is not good. Now, 
I get it. A lot of us have been burned by people. If you've been burned by somebody you trusted in your life, raise your hand high and say, hallelujah. There you go. And if you haven't raised your hand, you're lying. All right? Um, so, but, uh, or you're the one who's burning everybody. We'll, we'll get into that, okay? But anyway, alone is never, ever good, ever good to be alone, alone in your thoughts, alone in your actions. I remember several years ago, I had some friends, and they said, hey, um, they, they got into mountain biking. Anybody mountain bike? Okay. They got into mountain biking. They were like, hey, let's go mountain biking. So they said, hey, I'll, you can, you can, um, I'll sell you my old one. So I said, cool, I can mountain bike. No problem. So I decided to go. And it was this thing called Rails to Trails. Anybody heard of this? Okay. I, I call it from hell to, to Hades. Okay. Um, because I, I got on this bike somewhere where Maryland and Pennsylvania kind of meet. Don't ask me where. I don't know where it was, but we went that way. I don't know. Um, so we get down there, and I start, and it was like a, it was like a clay-type substance that they put on this old railroad trail that connected two towns. Um, sounds fun, doesn't it? No. Um, and, and it had rained the night before, so it was kind of like oatmeal, all right? So have you ever tried to bike through oatmeal? No. And, and then what began to happen is my, you know, the people who bike all the time, they like pew on this oatmeal. And I'm like, mm, I could eat my way through the oatmeal there. But I'm going, I'm going. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, this is harder than it should be. And I look and I have a flat tire. And of course, because Jack is not prepared, Jack does not have a spare in there or a patch kit. So I yell up to my friend, because I didn't have a cell phone at the time. It's before cell phones. Don't worry, I'm not that old, but it's, uh, it's there. So finally, my one friend, he bikes back. He comes back and he's like, okay, I'll bike up and get a patch kit. So he goes and he bikes up like a mile, gets a patch kit, comes back. And guess what? The hole is on the stem. You can't patch a stem. So, meanwhile, I am walking my bike on rails to trails. My bike and I got very close to each other that day because I was alone as my one friend was hating me. I can tell you this. Back and forth. He had to, he had to ride like two or three more miles to catch the people who were like, you know, pedaling really fast. I've got my gears all the way out, you know. And you know what happens when you got gears all the way out? It's like, your legs are doing that kind of thing. And you're going nowhere. And you're an oatmeal and you got a flat tire. And you hate life. And you're alone, but thankfully, there's that friend of yours who every time he looks at you, he hates you, but you're glad to see him. And he came, and he finally got me a new inner tube, put it in, and I got like the last mile of the thing that I got to ride, not walk my bike, okay? Sounds like fun, doesn't it? I never went back, ever, 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 all right? But I was thankful. I was alone for most of that time. But let me tell you, when I saw my friend riding back, I was never more thankful for somebody than to see him. I don't know that he was so happy I went that day, but it, without him, I'd probably still be walking that dumb bike through oatmeal, all right? And so this is what happens. Nothing, it, there's nothing that uh, is good about being alone. We need togetherness, and God completely designed us that way in everything. The second thing is, it's part of God's plan. The second thing is, together isn't always easy. If you, if you talk to my friend Glenn about that day, he's going to tell you he wished I'd probably stayed home, all right? But together is never easy. The experience with together can be messy. Uh, it can be messy in several ways. It can be messy because some people are very difficult, right? Some people are just difficult. Some people just want life to be more difficult. 
right? I'm not telling you anything you don't know, am I correct? And, and, and that's okay. Um, some of the time, it's because we make ourselves so vulnerable that when we make ourselves vulnerable, that we often get let down by other people. And we've already shared that. The other thing is, it takes effort. I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who tells, that believes, if you put two people together long enough, there will be a moment where they can't stand each other. Right? Am, am I correct on that? Like if I put myself, if I clone myself and put myself with me, there's a probably after an hour I'd hate myself. Because <laughs> that's just who we are. That's how we're put together. We, and we, we, it takes a lot of effort is what I'm saying. Um, you know, the whole I out of the team and somebody says, yeah, but there's me. Um, but we have those kind of things. We, it takes a lot to get the I out of stuff. And I've existed my entire life, whether it be teens, whether it be um, workplaces, whether it be churches, where people have problems getting the I out of there, and the only I that should be in any kind of situation should be the great I am. His name is God. And it's his plan for our lives that we be together, and we need to focus on him. And we will always have a difficulty, we will always have a, a, a conflict when he's not the center point in our lives. And so... So many of us, I'd also say, so many of us also, the biggest hurt of our lives may have come from connecting in a group or with other people. I've heard horrific stories about churches and pastors and, and fellow believers and where people just miss the point about we're supposed to spur one another on and encourage each other toward love and good deeds, where we want to spur one another on to division. And, and it's, no new, it's not new in the New Testament. It's written about that. Paul spent a lot of time about just saying, stop it. Just stop it and get on with what God says we need to do. You know, uh, this bicycles must be the theme today because there's a story of, of two people riding a tandem bike. And they were, they were in, a, in a tandem bike race and they came to this big steep hill. And after much effort, it just seemed like it took so much pain and effort. And finally they made it to the top and the front rider said, wow. Whew, that was a tough hill and a tough ride. And the second rider said, sure was. And if I hadn't kept my brake on the whole time, we might have slipped backwards. All right. Think about that. How many people in your life have you been trying to go forward and somebody's got the brakes on, afraid to slip back into their lives? And this is what happens when we're together. Do you think they wanted to get on that bike again, the front rider? No. But we needed to be ready, okay? Um, the enemy's plan is isolation, where God's is together. The enemy's plan is isolation. The scripture tells us in, in Peter, um, 1 Peter, Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Anybody ever watch these wildlife shows? Like, they, you see them and they like creep. And like you got a pride of lions and they're creeping. And who do they go after? Let's say, let's say they go after zebra. Do they go after all the zebras? Who do they target? The one that's alone. Okay? So if Satan is a roaring lion seeking so may devour, who's he going to go after? The people who are connected in their small groups, the people who are, who are rooted in togetherness in Christ? No, they're going to go after the one who thinks they can do this whole thing alone in life. And you know what's interesting? When they've, they've proven that when zebras are all together, they're so camouflaged that the enemies that attack them have no clue what is really a zebra or what is, uh, what is really the jungle or whatever else. But when there's one alone, they, they can see it and spot it anywhere. 
It's the same thing that goes on in our lives. Um, for instance, let's look at this. The average Twitter user, has, uh, teen Twitter user, has 707 followers. And, but there are 391 million accounts that have zero followers. Instagram, teens have an average of 300 followers, yet when you ask them, they say that they only have one true friend. 300 followers, one true friend. And it's not much different from adults except for they have a lot less followers because nobody likes you, all right? Um, But it's the same in our life. The more connected we are now, the more isolated we are. There's an interesting statistic, and I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I just think it's fascinating, that they have done a statistic that in the world there are more cell phones than toilets. Uh huh. So, together takes a choice. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. Just mull that around. I'm just giving you stuff today, okay? Together takes a choice. So, here we are today, talking about togetherness, talking about God's plan. And you're at that green light, and the light is ready, and I'm going to say, honk, honk. Beep, beep. Here we go. It's time. It's time to get together. We will never get where we need to be as individuals or as churches until we put the stuff down and start going together and start going together. And that's why when you hear us talk about small groups, I'm not talking about small groups as a church program. I could care less whether it's even a church program, okay? I just want people together. I want people to do life together. I want people to grow together because why? Because that's God's plan. So here you go. Beep, beep. There it is. So as we close out this sermon and the series today, I want to share what to expect if we get together. And I thought, how can I do this? And as I was thinking about our next series that's approaching us, I was thinking about um, these great heroes of faith. And one person who I definitely want to talk about, who we're going to talk about in this Big Dog series, is one of my favorites, story from the life of David. David. When you look at David from the Bible, he started out at the very bottom. He was the eighth of eight children, and it was so crazy that when a prophet came to to anoint a new king, and he said, I'm supposed to come to your your children, his dad forgot about him. He's like, is that all your sons? Like, yep, that's all of them. And they're like, hey, hey, dad, what about, uh, who? Uh, Oh, David. Yeah, he's out in the field. All right. That's bad if you're Family forgets about you. That tells you how low you are there, all right? So here he is. He's out there. He's often forgotten. And there was nothing in his life as he hung out there with sheep and wrote songs and just was a loner um, that really caused people to remember him and think he was headed for greatness, except the people in his life. And so let's look at this. Here's what it says in Acts chapter 13 about David. After removing Saul, now Saul was the king. He made David their king and testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, and he says probably one of the greatest things you could ever have, a man after God's own heart, after my own heart. And he will do everything I want him to do. There are so many great things you can say, but this is probably the best thing, that you're somebody after God's own heart. Remember that verse that we said, that you love God with your whole heart? Apart from David's birth uh, order, apart from where he was and what his station was in life, God saw a true commitment to his heart, complete commitment of his heart. But still, he was alone. He was alone. And he went from an isolated shepherd to a king so connected to God that God said, he's got my heart. 
in him. How? Because of people and relationships that came into his life. And so let's look at this from our point of view as we look at David in this section. So the first thing is from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 12 through 13. And it says, Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. He's talking to Samuel. This is the one. So this is after all David's brothers were there, and Samuel's there, and he says, They're going to anoint a new king because Saul kind of had a turn for the worse. So Saul's king, and God said, you're going to anoint somebody else. He tells him to go to Jesse's household, which is David's um, father. As he's there, he talks to all the boys, and he starts to anoint them. And he's like, no, not this one, not this one. And he says, do you have anybody else? They forgot about David. And they say, wait, oh, get David. And he goes in, and he saw him. He said, that's the one. This is the one. He said, this is the one. Anoint him. So Samuel took an a horn of oil, and anointed him, set him apart in the presence of his brothers. I'm sure that went over really well and if, you, if you had a family like anybody else's, all right? And look at this. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Here he is, complete isolation, heart for God, taking care of sheep, He's also writing songs, the book of Psalms, many of them there. Yet, it took Samuel obeying God to come together with David for God's spirit to come on him powerfully. You see that? I don't want you to miss out on that. God used Samuel to anoint him, which brought about the spirit of God. And God used another person, Samuel, to call out the best that's in David. Because that's God's plan. God sends a relationship to call out the best. And so for us, what we need to recognize is God will use people when we call out the best in each other, and that's what happens when we work together. God will use people in our lives to call out the best in each other. When we get together, there needs to be a repentant change. What do you say about that? Remember, the whole theme of the series is repentance. We need that to change of mind so that we can have a change of life and heart. And so when we come together and we see somebody and that person walks into our small group, and we go, oh, Lord. Because guess what? They're saying the same thing about you. We need to say, hey, maybe God wants to use that person to bring out the best in me and in my life. Okay, Um, it's better than the alternative. Where we live in a world where people love to point out the worst in everybody. Post something about how you look on social media and see what happens. Not everybody, you have something say, oh, you look good. And you have other people like, "Mm -hmm." do it on that Northeast 219 or whatever. (laughs) See what happens, right? You really want to feel really good about yourself, go for it. And you're laughing because you've seen it. There are people that just, we have a term in our language called trolls, people who just mess with people for the fun of it. That's totally opposite of God's plan, that we are to build one another up. Uh, uh, one another up. We have plenty of voices telling us the opposite. And I want to tell you something here. It's not just about addition, meeting new people and adding new people. Sometimes, as a great statement goes, it's addition by subtraction. I'm going to tell you, there are some people in your life that it's okay to say, snip, snip, goodbye. Now, after your family, you can say, limit the time. If it's somebody you work with, limit the effort. There are some people, you don't have to, you know, skip in the daisies with everybody. There are some people, I'm going to tell you, I just don't like. 
And guess what? There's some people, I'm going to shock you, that think that about me. I'll let you catch your breath, all right? It happens. It happens. We are, we are not told to be best friends with everybody, but when we are in the body of Christ, we are told to love each other and keep Christ first. And our stuff and our relationships need to go by the wayside or nothing's going to happen. And I have had enough in my life over 24 years of being a pastor and add the rest of that if you want to find my age um, about that, just about the same, um, of my life not being a pastor to see where people get the focus off of God and then we wonder why it's planned and fulfilled. Because we can't get together because you don't have a focus on Christ. If we don't have a focus on Christ, we're not going to get together. If we're not together, we're not going to spur one another on to good deeds and love. And we're never going to fulfill God's plan, which is togetherness. Look at the disciples. They had disagreements, but they always made Christ first. Always made Christ first. There are some people in your life, and I went and looked on the internet about some of the people that are the best to get out of your life. You can look all day. There's the critic. Um, there's the passive aggressor. There's the narcissist, the stonewaller, um, the sociopath, <laughs> the gossip monger, the hope, hopelessly self-destructive, the conversation hogs, the emotional vampires. They just suck you dry, don't they, right? Um, the green-eyed monster. Um, this is the people that stay away that don't know how to appreciate you. Um, the calm down crew, who no matter what, they tell you to calm down, calm down, calm down. Um, there's more and more. You can look for thousands of them. I'll hand them to you. I don't care. There's a lot of people in your life that just don't need to be there because they're not part of fulfilling God's plan. They need to get on or get off. Look at what it says here in Proverbs 27. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Okay? We need life-defining friendships in our life. We don't need people that always tell us yes. Some of my best friends in the world are people that say they get me in check at times. But they have a right because of the relationship that we have. Right? Number two, we call out to God for each other. David is anointed. So he's anointed king, but there's another king, Saul. And what David did, David began to grow into himself. David began to leave from being a shepherd because he had this whole kind of conflict with a guy named Goliath. Anybody remember that? Okay, he, he killed Goliath and chopped off his head, which is an awesome thing. Goliath then became a harp player. He was a musician, so he began to play the harp for Saul. And we know that Saul had some anger issues, and Saul would just get so angry, like David would be playing, he'd throw stuff at him, all right? Um, and then David um, became a great leader in battle. He was a great warrior, and then people started saying, Saul kills thousands, David tens of thousands, and that jealousy bug began to come into Saul's life. And God found favor on David and not Saul as much anymore. And Saul was seeking out to kill him. And this is where this verse comes from here. It says, while David was at Horish in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. That's a really bad place to be in life. Somebody that you loved and you cared about and you served. Somebody that you worked with. Somebody that you were with and journeyed with. Hate your guts now. You tell by your face you've been there. But then what does God do? God say, good luck, David? No, it says, and Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. See, God sent somebody else. Not only did David have Samuel that said, hey, here you go, here's your calling, but God had uh, jo sent Jonathan to strengthen him and to encourage him. You need people in your life to strengthen you. You need people in your life to pray for you. You need people in your life to journey with you. And that's the whole theory behind small group ministry. 
and small group activity. In Proverbs 17, it says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I've heard people say before, when you're going through a really difficult time, you know who your friends are. You can find the ones who are there. And so that's, where, that's, that's what we hope to do when we keep Christ center point. I know many people in this church have formed lasting relationships from people just 12 years ago. You had no clue who they were. And that's part of this. Number three this is our last one here. We call out truth to each other. When you spend time with life, sometimes when you spend time with each other, you get the right to call out things to each other. David is now the king of Israel. He's in power. And you know what happens when you're in power at times? You kind of forget where you came from. David forgot about being that lonely shepherd boy who was all alone, who truly had a heart for God above all things, and and truly began to see how God sent Jonathan and Samuel into his life. And David made some big mistakes. And as this was going on, when he was in power and was making these horrible mistakes, he lost focus of what God had called him. And he did, he tried to do what we tend to do when we make mistakes. We tend to cover it up or we tend to ignore it and act like it's even there. And God had sent somebody else in his life. Now, Samuel had, had done his thing and there were several other prophets. And uh, Jonathan was gone now um, with his father Saul. But God had, a, David had a person in his life named Nathan. And so Nathan began to tell the story about a man who had one little ewe lamb sheep and opened his house to a, a person who had lots of flocks of sheep and he was hungry at night and they killed the little ewe lamb that this man loved and, and took it for himself and dinner. And here's where we pick it up. And Nathan's telling this hypothetical situation and he says this, he says, David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. David is ticked off. All right? And then Nathan, because he had a relationship and had spent time with David and has been God's voice for him and back and forth, says this, one of the most powerful and sad verses. And then Nathan said to David, you are the man. We need people in our lives to tell us the truth. You're messing up. You need to get it together. We need people in our lives that say, hey, I want you to tell me the same thing. I need people in my life to tell me I don't have it all together. I need... Nathan could have been killed for this. But he had a relationship and a trust in God and David that he did this. It was because of this that David then turned his focus off of what he was trying to cover up and what he was trying to hide and what he was trying to ignore. And he turned it back to God. And this is where we get Psalm 51 because of it. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast and right spirit within me. You see, it was because Nathan went to David in love and care and a focus on God that David got his own mess together. And the reason why many of us don't have our mess together is because we like to think we've got it all figured out, and we don't. And that's why God's plan is for us to have each other. This goes on in the New Testament between Paul and Simon Peter, where they had a conflict, and they got together, and they made it work. They made it work. After all, if a man is after God's own heart and can mess up, I feel good for the fact that I can mess up too. 
but I really hope and pray that I have people in my life that can come to me and say, hey, I want to give you this in love. This is what God is laying on my heart. And they can hear those things. You see, somebody close to David cared more about David's heart and his calling than he did about the position that they had in life. In Proverbs 27, and it's interesting, all these Proverbs are written by David's son. So it's kind of interesting that we have these things. It says, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. That carries a lot of weight to it, a lot of weight to it. So as we finish this series, I want to tell you some things. God is speaking, even though you may not hear him a lot of times. He's promising. And sometimes we just wish that God would fill in all the blanks in our lives. But our lives are built on faith. Being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That our hope rests and trust in God the eternal. And in the midst of that, we can look and say that we have a hope and a future. We can look back and I don't want us to say what if. I just want to go honk honk. And let's get going. The great Corey Ten Boom said something that reminded me of, you know, there's a lot of times, um, real quick before I, I get to the Corey Ten Boom quote, is, um, is I remember that I don't like heights. Anybody with me? At least not ones that aren't in an airplane, okay? Um, I like to have my, I like to have, uh, you know, peanuts and whatever else they give you, all right? I like that part of heights. But when we were down in Mexico several years, we went to the cenote, and it's an underground cave, and it's... And I was like, oh, cool, we'll go. And it's water, which you knew there was water down there. But I don't like, I didn't want to jump. You know what I mean? I wanted to jump, but I didn't want to jump. And a lot of times you want to know what's fully down there, how everything, you know what I'm saying? Anybody ever jumped off of like a diving board that's really high? Remember the old YMCA or the one down at Sandy Cove, you know, that you jumped off? Anybody been that old remember those things? But it was really high. And my... My, I remember Jacob and I think Melissa too. They just like ah, jump off. But you get up there, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to get down there. And so I went to the lower model, which was still way up there. Like one was like 50 some feet. And that's, that 50 feet's a big thing when you're looking down. And so, but you know, I remember when I, when I finally jumped off, I was like, I screamed like a girl, ah, you know. Um, and I go through the cave. Um, and so, see, they know too. Um, but I jumped off and the feeling of when you jump off is awesome. When you're, when you're in the water and you're like, I did it. And this is like what faith is like. This is the journey of our life. Honk, honk, jump. Just jump and let, let the faith of God come through. Corrie ten Boom, who was in a, in a Nazi prison camp, she wrote this, and one of, a great woman of faith, and she said this, probably one of the greatest quotes, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. He holds the future in his hand, and he has plans for you, plans for you to prosper and to give you hope. Amen? It's time. Everybody, here we go. Your turn. Beep, beep. <laughs> there we go. All right, let's stand and let's worship the Lord one more time today. Heavenly Father, we come to you, and we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you give us the gentle honk honk and have us uh, go. We thank you that you surround us with people in our lives. Um. As the old uh, Western said, the good, the bad, and the ugly. God, we, um, we want just that in our lives. We want those people who are going to challenge us 
in love. We want the people who are going to encourage us and spur us to good deeds and love. God, our, the, the I part of, of us has no place in your plan. The only I is that say, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. And so God, let us do that not only as, as, uh, as people alone, but let us go ahead and just seek and serve you all together. All together. Because God, it is time that we get together. And we show this world that when you put 12 people together under the power of the Holy Spirit, God, we were able to see how great the world changed. And so God, I pray right now that anybody in the sound of my voice that hears my voice, that will hear your call, that you will say, this is the way, walk in it. And God, that we will do it together and we will change the world in Jesus' mighty name. And for that and all things, we give you praise as Lord. There may be somebody here today that is making the first step. They're at the, they're at the, uh, the light of their life and they've never, they're sitting there and they've never heard and never made you their Lord of their life. Never said, Jesus, I'm, I'm gonna tell you to put up and I'll shut up right now as you go ahead and, and show me who you are in my life. I want you to be more real to me. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you at face value. And I'm standing on that cliff. And I can't see what's fully down below. But I'm trusting that I'm going to leap. I'm going to leap. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you at your word that you have plans for me to prosper. To give me hope in the future. And God, I'm going to ask you to surround me with so many people. Surround each of us with so many people who just call upon your name. People that are going to encourage me. I need, a, I need a Samuel in my life to take me from my loneliness and my isolation and to, give, to, to help reveal your anointing on my life. God, others may be sitting here and say, okay, I've been waiting, I've been waiting, and people around me don't like me very much. People who I thought I could trust have turned against me. And God, I just pray that you'll send Jonathans in our life. To strengthen us in you. To strengthen us. To tell us that we're loved. When life seems so alone. And ultimately God when we mess up. When we've got our, our focus off of you. I pray that we will have those Nathans. They aren't always the fun ones to visit with. But God they're so needed. That can help us stay on track. They can say hey. I love you so much. And I just want to tell you. You're, you're not right right now. God is calling you to greater. God, that we can move forward and do the great things that you've called us to do. Thank you for the life of David and for all these people in our lives. And, and so God, in addition, may we look at our own lives and may we be a Samuel. May we be a Jonathan more than a Saul. And may we be a Nathan. For that, God, we're going to give you praise and honor as this altar is open. Fill this Holy Spirit to this whole entire room. In your name we pray. This is a new song today, and it's just uh, one of these songs that was good to me a while like, back. And I just, I didn't really like it at first because it was really repetitive. But you know, <clears throat> you know, this song really speaks a lot of truth. And you know, I think my problem was I didn't really let these songs and the lyrics just speak to my soul. <clears throat> so we're talking about being alone, you know. And I, my nature is a loner. I'm, that's what I do all the time. I'm, you know, and, and I was, I was one of those guys that just sat in my 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 private little room and played piano, and you know, and I was playing worship songs. I was playing Amy Grant and all the good stuff. And you know, I never thought I'd be doing church. You know, it wasn't my thing, you know, but God made a way. God's a way maker. You know, he made a way in a frozen food section of Martin's, you know, met, met Jack, you know, and it all kind of went from there, you know, but just, just kind of seeing how God's grace and 
has, has kind of touched my life in a way that I never thought possible. You know, I'm here today, but you know, I'm not here alone. Thank God, because you guys wouldn't like it very much, <laughs> you know, but I'm, I'm only as strong as the people around me, you know, and, and I'm surrounded by great people, you know, so that's, uh, that, that's God's grace at work. So just, just as you hear the song this morning, you know, this, is, this song is really something that Michelle sings probably every day to herself, you know, so it, it means a lot to her because she's letting these words kind of annoying her in that way. It just talks about God's just making a way for us.
great week. Next week, we're going to start with our big dogs, and the first big dog's name is Samson. Have a great week. Say hello to somebody. <laughs>